You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast. And on Twitter, Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to the 383rd episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Matt in Minneapolis. And this is Spencer in Western Massachusetts. And uh, you may have noticed Tim is out of the office today. Yeah. Um, he uh, had to catch a quick flight, I guess, to, I think, Italy? I'm not sure. <laughs> um, but he is unavailable. He has taken the red eye home, so... Uh, He'll be back next week. I'm sure you guys will savor the silence. Maybe, I mean, who knows? He might have been a very late call-up for Milan San Remo. It seemed like every team had to probably, <laughs> you know, pull in, their, pull in their B team, their C team, their D team with all the sickness out there. So Tim might have been pulling the line for uh, what's one of the teams nobody knows anything about? Eoli Cometa? Maybe. Yeah, I could see him being a D team for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's possible. Yeah. He has some connections I don't know about. He <laughs> likes hamburgers. <laughs> That's true. Um, so obviously this week, um, the talk of the cycling world um was Milan San Remo. But before we get to that, um, I wanted to talk a little tech with you, little guy. Okay. Um, and I know you're not usually my go-to for talking tech. Um <laughs> Yeah. But to be fair, neither is Tim. Yeah. Um, but uh, I've really been I've really been considering kind of a major upgrade for my road bike, and I wanted to run it past you. Yeah, run by. Let me hear what you got. I'm thinking, and I don't know why I can't put my finger on it, uh-huh. but I'm thinking dropper post, little oh. guy. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, when would you need a dropper post? I mean, on a road bike. I don't know, but. I mean, it seems for it seems like a thing that I need to have now. Yeah, uh, I'm at the a stage in my cycling career mm-hmm. where I need to have like if I if it's if it could give me an advantage, I think I need to have you need it. Need it? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That's that's called master's yeah. life. Um, yeah. The th- the problem I think is I can see hypothetically why maybe some. Someone in Europe might might need one. They got all those twisty descents, you know, real, mm-hmm. real mm-hmm. seat of your pants sort of. You don't have a lot of room for air, let's say, and you really want to lay it all down. But in America, and I don't know if you remember this, when we used to race together, uh, we usually just turn one direction the whole time, and oh, yeah. there's four turns, and they're uh, on a lot of the road courses, and there's it, they're not decisive. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. No decisive corners. No. Um, the descents tend to be, you know, straight. Straight. Directly straight down. Yeah. Straight. Um, Maybe in not, other parts Not of particularly the steep even, but. No. Yeah, I feel like there are mountains ac- across, you know, not everybody's from the Great Plains yes. uh, in the Midwest. Um, but in our world, um, we raced. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, road racing was not spectacular, but. Um, Maybe on the gravel scene, You know, I though. feel like that... Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like that does, though, that unspectacularness sets us up well for at least the first 285K of Milan San Remo. Um, how long is the whole race? 293? It got exciting before that. It was... I, look, I think we got to back up. <laughs> because this is... Yeah, you know, I like don't want to get too far in the weeds. This is a 293... Yeah, 293 kilometer bike race. But I think we have to back up because this bike race really starts the moment Torino and Perinice ends because every year there is a ton of buildup. And like you said, the first 250 plus Ks of this race are boring. But also the whole week up to it is basically part of the race because there's people talking about their form, people talking about their being sick. And there was more of that than ever this year. We had multiple days of people basically b- 
believing that Pogue was going to attack farther and farther out every Oh my God! (laughs) Every every post on on cycling Twitter and anywhere, it just kept getting farther out further. Yeah, until he'd already attacked basically. Absolutely. While that's occurring, we had we had previous winners and 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 Mm -hmm. sprinter stars dropping like flies. Everybody's sick in the peloton. Oh my God! Uh, Ewan was out. Al Philippe was out. Uh, Degen Cope was well, out. There was more. It, it was wild because somebody would announce they were out and you'd be like, oh, now it's, now it's Ala Philippe's chance. And then he's out. And then you're like, oh, yeah. now it's Ewan's chance. And then he's out and you're like, now it's Degen Cope's chance. And then he's out. out and you're like, oh man, yeah, the, who's left? The out list was, oh. it was brutal. And if that wasn't enough, then on, f- well, no, maybe Thursday, I think something we got the fact that Pogue said he had a little cold. Right, mm-hmm. and that was like, mm-hmm. oh, maybe he's not going to attack. Maybe he doesn't have it. And then like Ghana was set, said he'd been sick, and then you know you're getting, you're, you're running through the mm-hmm. things in your brain. Wout's been pretty quiet. Oh, maybe that means he's sick too. But then, wow. what, if, it, if you were Wout fan art, would you just be living like in a bubble, like Bubble Boy, I not no imagine. contact with anyone? Wow. I got to imagine all the riders that did end up racing were petrified all week that they were going to catch the. Flu. I'm using the air quotes because it's probably the next variant yeah. of COVID. Uh, surprisingly, no one's had COVID, though half the peloton's sick. I don't buy it for a second, but that's just me. <laughs> All right. Well, you're always our our red string uh, and and you know corkboard guy there, little guy. So Got him stirred up. But then what? Well, okay. So what? We're now Thursday night. Was it Friday? Uh-huh. That was the first I heard of it. Was Friday when suddenly whispers. Matthew Vanderpool's coming. Oh yeah, Vanderpool's coming, and it it seemed too good to be true. Like it just it couldn't be true. <laughs> it's just no. There's no way his back's broken. Yeah, that he's been broken for so long, and he's gonna parachute in to the longest like one day race of the year. Yes, like we said, yeah. the first bit is a training ride, but still, yeah, it's a big day. I, I, I saw that come across the wire and, um, I kind of had the same jumble of thoughts like, ah, there's no way. And then, well, maybe And I'm like, eh, any race, but Milan St. Rumo, it's way too long. And then I was like, well, it is, it is pretty chill for like yeah. six hours. He's been doing a lot of base miles. <laughs> I mean, this is kind of just base miles yeah. for a while. And then I was like, well, what better way, even if he just rolls around for a while and then like lets himself get dropped at the end, um, to get, get some good, you know, race, you know, quote unquote race pace in, you know, just get the feel for the Peloton again. But, um, then he did okay. He did all right. (laughs) Yeah. Spoiler alert. He's got race pace on the legs. Okay. So now we're in the race, whatever it's pretty quiet. There's a breakaway, a big breakaway. Uh, the biggest thing of the breakaway is that there's Burger King hamburgers in the breakaway, and that's all anybody can mm. seem to focus on. And there's, what, like 15 drone hopper riders in the breakaway? The whole team, yeah. <laughs> hey, that's that's why you're there. Um, how, how do you feel if you're the guy that missed it from drone hopper? Oh, you're in trouble. Like, you're in trouble. I guess one guy's got to stay in the pack, so when when the whoever's, whoever's like on a big team looks around, they're like, all right. You do stay. you if you're if you miss the break and you're on drone hopper, do you does that make you feel like you're the team leader and everybody's, you know, stretching things yeah. out for you? Or yeah, do you feel like, oh no, maybe I'm the weakest link here and I didn't make the break? Um, judging by the results, I think you're the weakest link. Uh oh. I don't see a drone hopper rider. Wow, I'm scrolling really far down. Top 100, I don't see a drone hopper rider. Maybe I missed one, but anyway, weakest link. Okay. All right. But with well, all that's unfortunate. All the only, talk- only, only can go up from there, though. No, right? yeah. I mean, it's all it's all gravy from here on out for drone hopper <laughs> this year. <laughs> I predict big things. Yeah. With all the talk of Pogue attacking far out, we got this <sighs> to the compress- suppressor or whatever. I'm pronouncing it wrong, and I'm, I welcome the emails. The... Um, the- yeah, no, I'm not gonna do it. Yeah, <laughs> he he didn't attack there. He did, but he did send his team to the front. He did have uh, Formolo rip the peloton apart. 
mm-hmm. and then all the way to the Poggio, basically drive the pace. And that was exciting for me. You saw guys like Pidcock, who was probably sick, go out the back. You saw almost any just sprinter, sprinter that was left in the race jettisoned. Yeah. And that was a small yeah. group, like one of the smallest groups we've seen in a long time heading toward the Poggio. I found that exciting. It did. It wasn't an attack. It wasn't an all. It wasn't a yeah. Marco Pantani in the motorcycles, which I feel like was like floating around. People were like sharing that all week. Like, remember when this happened? Yeah. This could happen this yeah, year. Yeah. It wasn't that, but it was still it nice that. to see a climber fully committing, being like, I'm putting my whole team on the line to destroy everybody before we get to the final climb. It was something. I will say that was something. Um, I. I didn't buy the hype that Pogue was going to go on the Cipresso or before or whatever, but I wanted to, I wanted to believe, like I understand the hype completely because it would have been, it would have been amazing. But, um, and, and because he did something similar at, uh, at Strata, um, where, you know, he just goes 50 K away or whatever. And, um, so, you know, he can do it and you're kind of like, Oh, you know, but uh, it, 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 we've seen Milan San Remo enough times to know that it's not going to work out. And if we know that, I'm pretty sure Pogacar knows that it's probably not going to work out, even even with him uh, being the guy off the front. That's true. It turns out he's got he's got people that he's got good DSs and and he knows what he's doing. And it doesn't hurt to have a guy like Formolo, just who a guy who's been on on the podium at Monuments. Uh, mm-hmm. Liège and whatever, like drive the pace on that climb and just spit all the sprinters out the back. Beautiful to watch. Yeah, I'm so yep. glad this Milan San Rainbow is not a sprinters race anymore. <laughs> it makes me so happy. Well, like they just can't. It, I, there was a few years where it was, it was just it was a boring race to me, and and sprinters would be like, oh, I'm. I felt like sprinters were like, someday I'm gonna win this. Like all the fast sprinters thought like. This is my race. And now yeah. I feel like they hit like when they hit that climb and, and, and Formolo went to the front, that was he was just like, No, it's not a sprinter's race anymore. <laughs> not today. Yeah, no, it's true. And it it's a weird race, right? Like it does it is like a quintessentially a, a sprinter's classic or historically or whatever, but um yeah, it kind of fluctuates in this weird way that like for a couple of years, it'll be a bunch of sprinters winning, you know, your Pataki's and your, your Sagans or whoever. And then it'll be a couple of years of like Cancelleras and like a bunch of weirdos and Kiwakowski and whoever. And then, yeah. and then somewhere in between a lot of times too. And, um, yeah, I don't know. Um, you know, Taj Pogacar has, has ridden this before, um, you know, 2020, um, he finished, uh, 12th. So, you know, it's not like a total unknown. Um, he, he probably knew well enough to, mm-hmm. to know what he had to do and maybe that, uh, it wasn't going to work out or, or what, but, um, it's still, it's the wildest race that I spend most of the year waiting for literally five minutes for about yeah. eight kilometers yeah. of race. That's and great. it's, <laughs> it almost doesn't matter what happens before that. Like yeah. it, the press is cool. The Scarponi bridge is amazing. It's beautiful. The Poggio is about all I care about. Like they just take that sweeping right onto the bottom of the climb. And that then that's my year. That's all that's I need. True. Well, there's there's one more before they get to the Poggio thing that we have to m- mention, I think, which Sagan supposedly had a mechanical. I don't actually know because all I did was <laughs> flick it on and he was getting dropped and he was working his way through the back markers on the Supressa. I actually don't know because I actually, right before they hit that climb, I uh, talked to my mom on the phone for a couple minutes, so I didn't pay attention. <laughs> I haven't come back to look. But no. uh, foreshadowing for the fact that his team should be riding for somebody else uh, for the rest of the classics, for sure. Um, probably right yeah. there. They probably won't. They'll probably not pay attention to that and 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 try to ride for Sagan more. But they shouldn't, because that ship has sailed. 
But like that you said, ship has sailed. Yeah. They hit the Poggio. A lot of big names are out the back. And there were a lot of fun attacks. I know none of those Pogue attacks stuck, but he gave it yeah. he gave it a right old go. And that was yeah. that was exciting. But it's just not steep enough for him. It was bonkers the way they would go so fast and then all slow down and just kind of stare at oh, each yeah. other. Yeah, yeah. It's it's the wildest climb in in cycling in that yeah, they they can go up it so fast that they have to hit the brakes going around corners uphill. And then that's not even taking into consideration the descent and how bananas that is. That's um which yeah. is why it's some of the greatest, you know, eight or ten kilometers of cycling all year. It is it is baffling to me that I need to sit through two hundred and eighty other kilometers to get there. Um they should probably maybe in the future think about just, you know, getting a bunch of trainers <laughs> no. and uh do it do the first, you know, five, six hours on Zwift and then oh. knock out the last bit. Um <laughs> maybe just line them up before the Chipressa. Um and go from there, you know, like just see what happens. I, I think that's fine. Um, I don't, if they went straight from the express, it wouldn't be as good. You got to have those tired legs. That's 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 what that's why I got to be on Zwift. Zwift's a yeah. pretty good workout, little guy. You that's know? right here. That's right here. Um, they could uh, <laughs> they could they could run the e cycling world championships directly before the actual Milan San Remo, and then somebody could win, and then the rest of them could be nice and warmed up for a real race. One, I'd like to I say. I think Morich obviously ends up winning this thing. I don't know if he would have won it yeah, if it wasn't spoilers. for. <laughs> I don't know if he would have won it if it wasn't for uh, Soren Krog Anderson Ska mm-hmm. putting in that attack because nobody was willing to attack Pogachar, which was really a disappointment to me. Yes, Wout was covering him and Vanderpool was covering him, which was super exciting because up till that point, you kind of thought. Vanderpool's good enough. He could pretend until the top of the Poggio. Right. To like yeah. the second attack. And when, when he followed like the third Pogue attack, you're like, okay, the form's actually there. Like he, yeah. I, I seriously believe in all these big races that like, if he, you know, like other guys follow an attack, you think like, oh, he's, he's in good form. Vanderpool will follow two attacks no matter what. Like he could be, yeah. he could, you yeah, could yeah, pull him yeah. off the couch on Christmas day <laughs> and he would follow yeah. like two wild attacks. But the third yeah. one is where the, where the <laughs> it really hits the road and he kept following. Uh-huh. But the fact that Soren Cry Anderson was willing to be the first person to finally take a swing at the King and, yeah. and lay it down was what drew out that small group and made it possible to have it like, I don't know. So I hope Morik bought Soren Cry Anderson a beer for being the first first guy to lay something on the line. Because everybody else was just willing to stare at Pogue, in which case Vanderpool was going to win this race. Which was a good tactic for him, I guess. But It, it was work. a good tactic. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, it's possible. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just a super I mean, I'll give, him, I'll give him credit for that, for sure. Um, I was very excited when he attacked. That, that was my first screaming at the <laughs> screen moment. Okay. Like, up until that point, it had been all calm you know like oh 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 exciting exciting that was my first like slapping my leg and like yeah like freaking out like because that would have been a hell of an upset but then we got like you were saying we got an upset on the descent we got a pretty good upset yeah um from uh, arguably the greatest innovator in cycling in the modern era this this man has gotten more things banned (laughs) by the uci than anyone else yeah. uh he, he morick has invented the super tuck that uh famously um you know banned now banned. from yeah. use um you know made famous maybe by chris Froome and, and others Sagan on its way to his first world championship in richmond um he, he brought it again we were like well that was your most people get one shot at like making some weird thing a new thing in cycling that everybody's doing latching onto, but I'm already on board for the dropper. I've, I've ordered three of them already. I only have one road bike. Um, it's, it's the new, it's the new thing that I need to have to descend better or more sketchily or a little more out of control. Sure. 
on the line. Can you? <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, heart, heart I don't stopping. know what's going to happen when I put my front tire off the road and into the gutter um, yeah, next to a wall going about 50 miles an hour. Uh, uh, if I'm going to be able to hop back on the road and, and just keep going. See, I think I don't think that part was the dropper post. I think that was the fact that he's the best descender in cycling. Dropper post, no dropper yeah. post. Super tuck and no super tuck. That whole descent was just frightening. Have, have you watched it? I haven't watched enough, like gone back and watched it enough to see where he's using the dropper. Like I, I need a break. I need a broken down yeah. slow mo to see where he's actually using the dropper. Cause yes, he's got it at the end, but when I, when he was racing, I never thought like, Oh, he looks lower around a corner, but I just, mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. mostly was just like gripping the chair, like panic that he was going to run into a wall at any moment. Yeah. The fact that Pogachar was following him, who's a really good descender and literally basically kind of sat up a little and shook his head and was like, it's like, no, no, this guy's no, crazy. Oh, thank yeah. you. No, no, no. <laughs> I want to yeah, yeah. live. I got it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's like, ah, winning, winning Milan San Remo would be cool, but I've got some other things I need to take care of. Uh, <laughs> so I need cool. to, my bones need to be intact. Um, yeah, that was for me, that was the most, I don't know, not, not exactly exciting, but important. I don't know, like part of the race where, yeah. where Pogue was like, nope, I'm out. Yep. I'm done. I'm off the front. You guys take over. Yep. And and Wild had to take up the the chase, and then Vanderpool had to you know go over the top, and um, it was uh, it just kind of made you realize just how mind bending that descent was. Mm-hmm. The descent is always hair raising, but the way that it was taken today or yesterday, I guess, yeah. was bananas, absolutely bananas, and. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if the if the dropper just gives gives him a little bit of extra confidence uh, or if it actually helped. But um, suffice to say, dropper seals are going to go through the roof. So that's true. You know, I don't think they're of any use to American Masters racers. But congratulations on your new dropper post. <laughs> I think you very much <laughs> like it. I uh, yeah, it really it really blew my mind that he dropped. Yeah, Pogachar, Wout, and Vanderpool, who were all driving it. And those three mm-hmm. I, I think of as being definitely some of the better descenders out there. So the whole result sheet is pretty incredible. You've got Mohorek winning. You've got Anthony Turgis uh in second for Total Energies, who you yeah. were alluding to earlier as being definitely the team leader or yeah. should be the team priority, I guess, for the classics for total energies over Peter Sagan, who is yeah, phoning it in uh, after surge. his fat contract uh, <laughs> from them. Uh, but to be fair, he's doing his job and getting them into races and getting the press. So, yeah. It, yeah. Turgis, uh, yeah, he jumped late and he was pretty frustrated at the line because he tried. He was the one, yeah. one guy from that chasing group that jumped and tried to go solo and bring it back and ended up two seconds back. And then Vanderpool led home the charge. Vanderpool in uh, third, and same time. we would be remiss, yes, if we didn't mention a resplendent Michael Matthews in fourth place. Um, little known, uh, uh slow ride podcast, um, correspondent over there in Europe. Uh, we talk to him every week, yeah, every week, and uh, he was looking good, Ama- amazing. And then Pogachar got fifth in that sprint, which is, yeah, even crazier to think about because that means. He beat Mads Peterson and Soren Carl Anderson and mm-hmm. Wout in mm-hmm. the sprint. Those are the other guys sprinting for that third spot. He beat Mads Peterson in a sprint. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, I think I, and these guys are pros, you know, so I don't know. It doesn't matter what I think, I guess, but I would just be happy to be at the line at that point, you know, yeah. like, and so uh, uh, kudos to, to Pogo car for still having the wherewithal to be like, yeah, okay, let's make something of this too. Incredible racing, uh, you know, all around other, some other notice, noticeable, notable results. Um, Gourmet in 12th for 
Intermarché Wanty. Uh, always nice to see. Nice ride. Got um, caught up in a crash uphill on the Poggio with a bunch of other riders. Yeah. Which, who knows? Oh, I don't remember. I think Pogue was forced in the pace at that point, and there was a little tumble in a corner. Like you said, you got a break going around these corners going uphill. Mm-hmm. And, and so that front group kind of split at that too. So one of those weird things. Oh yeah, the uh a close fight um for 16th place honors at the uh at the classic. Um uh with Kiyokowski taking the honors. So, you know, maybe maybe big things for him. I he's getting long in the tooth, but uh you know, could could be a comeback year. That would be nice. He's only 31. Not that he's I mean like 16th is a good result. But is he? he was one of the best riders a few years ago and he just feels like he's slotted in that domestique role a little too much at Ineos and they need to smack him out of it a little bit because I feel like I don't know he hasn't gone full Sagan no no but he's sort of gone he's never go full Sagan (laughs) (laughs) oh man Kiwakowski speaking of Kiwakowski and Sagan uh, for that matter Subject of the greatest Milan Sanremo photo ever taken, I think. Maybe the greatest finish that's ever happened. Um, it's one of those photos uh, where he and, and, and Sagan and Alaphilippe are, are all bike throwing for the finish line, where the more you look at it, the more things you see. <laughs> it's, it's one of those... I know you know what I'm talking about, but uh, if any listeners don't, definitely Google it. It is is just a, a work of art um, of a finish there at Kiyokowski um, yeah, center stage. So I think what was that 2017 Milan San he won. Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. Right around there. Um, just, you know, wheels off the ground, people unclipping, you know, elbows everywhere. It's, it's one of those. I, I always see something new every time I see that photo. So uh, good for him. Cleaning up 16th place. Definitely. Looking for big things to come from the young man. <laughs> Definitely young man. I mean, he's the young man to us, so. <laughs> yeah, certainly. That's, well, on San Remo, man, that, that wore me out even talking about it. It was such a good yeah. race. It was such a good week. It's almost a come down now to have to go back to the Belgian classics after the insanity of that in the coming weeks, but it'll be okay. Yeah, Italy Italy does it right with the classics, I got to say. Um, for as boring as the first, you know, nine hours of the race are, the scenery and the spectacle and the narrow roads and the, everything about it is just so fun. But um, yeah. there's also uh, this weekend the Trofeo Binda uh, happening on the women's side of things, which was um, an exciting race in its own accord. Um, Alisa Balsamo, the world champion, taking out the sprint there at the end for the win, which was awesome, but yeah. definitely not the big story of the day. Um, I don't know if you saw this, but the, the live feed, the, the Twitter feed from the race was, um, pretty bananas. Um, <laughs> at, at one point, uh, with like 50 some K to go or maybe 50 K into the race. I can't remember. Um, they tweeted that, uh, uh, some cars crashed on the road that the race was going to be on, like in the mountains. And it was like a pretty, pretty serious crash, uh, where the authorities had to close the road and the race was coming. (laughs) And it's like, well, it's the, it's the way you get off the mountain. Like, (laughs) what are you, what do we do? And there's a little breakaway about 30 seconds up the road. And they ended up having to neutralize the race and, uh, figure out an alternate route down the mountain and send the whole Peloton descending a mountain in Italy, um, neutralized. And yeah, like how do you deal with the traffic? How do you deal with the logistics of that? Like the, the, just the the infrastructure needed to to make that happen safely was was wild and just uh, uh following the account along as they're as they're tweeting about it was a little surreal but um they they came up with an alternate route uh they 
got everybody off the mountain and they sort of, um, you know, weave their way through a couple of towns and connected up with what was going to be the finishing loop that they were going to do, I think four laps of, or three and a half laps of, um, in the normal race. So they ended up doing about an extra half a lap of the finishing loop and then just sort of reconnecting with the, with the loop and then being able to finish out the race. So, um, kind of a wild scenario that I was, I was on the edge of my seat all morning trying to, trying to follow along with, with what was happening there. Um, just kind of a, kind of a crazy thing and made me remember other crazy race incidents that have happened. Uh, it's nice you know, to occasionally have a, uh, I mean, it's not good that there was a crash, obviously. No. But I, so often I think when we're talking about race, we're like, oh, how did they, how did the race, how did these race promoters not notice to put a sandbag or a hay bale right, in front yeah. of those like bollards in the middle of the course? So it's, it's nice when it's like yeah, something crazy happened and to see uh, what seems like a fairly yeah. professionally run race Just, was able to like deal with some problems. Um, yeah. Yeah. A lot of people had to, had to come up with a lot of, uh, things very quickly to pull that off. So kudos to them. Kudos to the race. Um, kudos to the racers for not, you know, losing their minds about, uh, some weirdness happening that was out of everybody's control. And there you go. I mean, we know something about it having thrown a, a criterium a few blocks away from a, a disaster, uh, yeah, back in the day when the 35 W bridge in Minneapolis crashed into the Mississippi river and, uh, became a news international news spectacle. Um, the day before, two days before our, yeah. our criterium was happening just a block or two away and mm-hmm. a lot of chaos there. But, um, you know, <laughs> that was, uh, it was a lot of chaos and we only had to deal with a small portion of it. And it was, it was, it was, it was enough. It was enough. It was very sure. stressful. Yeah. It's very stressful. So, yeah. Um, feel, feel for all the promoters out there dealing with that, but, um, yeah, otherwise, uh, I think, um, based on this result sheet, uh, I think we need to check in with our European correspondent, uh, Michael Matthews and just see, get the, uh, word, word from the streets of, um, San Remo and see what the story is over there. That's good. That is a preem lap. My name is Matthew Vanderpool and I don't listen to the Slow Ride Podcast. Here we are this week for the Prem Lap and we are brought to you again by Hammerhead and the Carew 2. They have raised the bar for cycling computers um, with their advanced GPS navigation and the intuitive software that you can have right on your handlebars that I have right on my handlebars. Um in ways that I never thought was possible. Um, the crew too is really, um, for me, I, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a little egotistical. I like a good looking <laughs> computer. I, I want something that's gonna yeah. not take away from the aesthetics of my steed when it's yeah, parked yeah. outside the coffee shop when I'm having my espresso. Um, and the crew too is it's a super beautiful computer. It like looks nice. It functions well. It's got a super responsive touchscreen. Um, really more like a smartphone um, than you know a, a Garmin or whatever you know like your typical cycling computer, which I love um, because that's it's twenty twenty two man. That's 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 how it should be. Cycling computers should just be responsive and easy and useful and look good and work well and smooth and everything. So that's what the Curve 2 offers with Hammerhead, and they are sponsoring the Slow Ride podcast. Uh, for a limited time, our listeners can get a free custom color kit and uh, an exclusive water bottle with the purchase of a Hammerhead Crew 2. Um, so you can head over to hammerhead.io right now and use the promo code SLOWRIDE to, uh, to take advantage of that and... I mean, personally, I don't have a custom colored case on mine uh, because I think it looks good enough on its own. Uh, but you know, if you got an orange bike or a blue bike or you want to, you're super matchy, man, 
you fly your freak flag, get out there and do it. Um, so yeah, free custom color kit and the water bottle with the purchase of crew two using the promo code slow ride at hammerhead.io. This is an exclusive offer. It's limited time for podcast listeners. So definitely take advantage. Let them know that, uh, you listen to the show that you heard about them here and, uh, get yourself a hammerhead crew two. Sounds good. Of course, we're always brought to you by all the great shows over at the Wide Angle Podium Network. Obviously, if you're listening to us, you should also be jumping across, listening to Nowhere Fast. Uh, don't take just Spencer's idea about Milan San Remo <laughs> and Zwifting as the be-all, end-all about Zwift, uh-huh. learning about uh, Zwift racing. Go check out Nowhere Fast and uh, learn something real. And obviously, uh-huh. Rob over at Criterium Nation, crushing it. Uh, we're coming into Criterium season. You you got to get in there now and uh, get on the ground floor as the season starts blowing up. And of course, yep. uh, Grodio crushing it as always. We're right at the edge of crit and, 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 and gravel season. So perfect time mm-hmm. to jump back over to those guys. And if you like what we're doing, like what anyone's doing, you can always donate white angle podium.com slash donate. Uh, you know, throw us a couple bucks, buy us that uh, figurative beer in the sky and uh, help uh-huh. us do what we're doing because uh, sometimes it costs money for us to do. It, it, <laughs> it costs a little it's bit. It's a, a surprising amount of money and, and effort to uh, to put all these shows out to get the get everything together and to you know um, just you know put out good content for you every week. So it 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 helps us um, achieve our goals and and motivate to continue to raise the bar around here. Um, do not go back into the archives too far, uh, to listen to the audio quality <laughs> of our early episodes because, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I'm embarrassed by it, frankly, like the content's fine, but the audio quality is atrocious. And, no, it's uh, probably bad. you can, you can, um, you can see that it's, it's donations well spent, uh, supporting <laughs> us and the other shows on the network. Uh, when you head over to wineagopodium.com slash, donate and with that i think we should get back to the show because we've got a ton of emails to get through do it hi everyone i'm jens folk and i do not listen to the slow ride podcast all right spencer we're back and We've got a bunch of emails, but before we get to the emails, uh oh, I, I I got sent an amazing present this week, and I haven't I haven't told you about it yet. But I gotta, no, I what gotta, is this? I gotta say thanks. Okay, so I gotta say thanks. I gotta say thanks to Adam Shoop. He sent me okay. a couple amazing things. I'm gonna show you them. So one, he sent me a really nice note. So I just want to say I appreciate the note, Adam. I appreciate <laughs> everything, but I yeah, getting a nice note. You know, it's really nice. It's really nice. Old school. Yeah. Um, so I came home on Saturday. I'd already gotten some amazing bike stuff that day. Went and bought, bought Tom Boone and Tom Boone in a new bike off Craigslist. Oh. Got some pedals for myself. So I was already in a great bike mood. Yeah. I'm like, a, a package. I open up the package. Uh-huh. Got my very own copy oh. of, of Rail Look Bike. At this. Cycling on abandoned railroads that I, that I had from the library. But uh-huh. as Adam tells me, this one is autographed by the author, by Bob Mellon. Oh. Right? <laughs> the guy we've harassed for t-shirts 30 years after the fact. <laughs> so, 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 with Bob's uh, approval, Adam went to the trouble of... No. Making me the real bike t-shirt. Um I'm not gonna full. It's kind of hard to show you here on the. You can't the totally Zoom full schleck the uh, the flannel but, uh, shirt there, but yeah. It's the shirt. He he made the shirt. It's even got the 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 semaphore on the back. Um, okay. It's hard to show you with my headphones on right no, now. No, that's. So I have the real Viking shirt from the back of the book now, and I can't tell you how overjoyed I am with that. I've been wearing it today, um, and I just want to say a huge huge thank you to Adam. This is like that is. Uh... An I've gotten amazing gift. cool things, and it's always amazing when anybody drops us a line. Even people just drop us an email. I'm just uh, always overjoyed. Uh, and send us messages and tell us how wrong we are, that people care yeah. enough <laughs> to spend yeah, yeah. time out of their day to do anything uh, to talk to us. But 
uh, this was super sweet and just amazing. And uh, I absolutely love the shirt and I'm going to wear this nerd, <laughs> nerdy thing all the time. And which means yes. I'm going to have all kinds of weird conversations with weird folks about rail bikes and it's going to be great. Um, so yeah, that, yeah. Oh, and, and the book came in this sweet, uh, Cafe de Cyclist okay. uh, bag. Uh, it's kind of like a musette bag, too. So just a nice uh, bag, too. All in all, just an amazing thing to receive in the mail. And I, would, I can't thank him enough. So That's pretty incredible. I'm blown it's away. Awesome. That the book itself was was a great uh, a great score, but uh, going above and beyond with the shirt going there. The, the out-of-print uh, shirt. So made me the shirt. Definitely um, one of a kind. Um that's amazing yeah. stuff. That is really yeah. good. You know, little guy, I wish I cared about something uh, that <laughs> much to, you know, to make it worth anybody's while to to make me some custom thing about it or, I'm, you know, but uh, I'm blown real biking, real biking's dream. So, I mean, I'm, working I'm on waiting the for the documentary to come out. Yeah, I worked actually a couple days ago. This is great. One is uh, a couple days ago, I actually worked on the bike a little bit and got it okay. a little closer to working. And I had to bring the copy from the library back because it was overdue. And uh. so then a couple days later to get my very own copy and then the shirt in the mail, I was like, oh, man. Um, so I, I'm working at it. I'm, gonna, I'm definitely gonna be wearing the shirt the first time I test out the real bike. <laughs> so Clearly. Yeah, clearly. Yeah. That is uh, no I other mean, option I, of things to wear. I hope this uh, uh, this package, this gift, this this combo makes it onto the Slow Ride Podcast Instagram and Twitter. It will, uh, so everyone can uh, enjoy um, the the rail biking imagery as well. It will. That's It'll, incredible. I'll, I'll definitely I'll get some uh, glamour shots done up with this. Yeah. Excellent day. So, but we also got a lot of great. Emails and messages in the last week. Um, yeah, more than normal. More than normal. I don't know if that's because we were like more on it last week or something. But uh, anyway, uh, Aaron, Aaron Lale. I'm going to say Lale is how you pronounce the last name. Sent us an email. Dropped us an email last week. Says, greetings, Matt, Tim, and Spencer. Longtime listener, first time emailer. Two things came to mind while listening to the latest episode while biking to, into work. Uh-oh. How can you possibly discuss helmet sponsorship without mentioning <laughs> Corner Card and Yolanda Neff? Uh, it feels like the only barrier to entry for sponsorship here is likely $100, small piece of cardboard, and some double-sided tape. It's true. Mm-hmm. It's true. We talked about helmets a bunch last time. We didn't mention her, which, yeah, I don't know how it's fallen off our radar. Cause, um, yeah, it's just not mountain bike season or something, I guess. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, no, 100%. That's a great point. His other point was, which Yates came first? This is a point of contention. Simon was technically born five minutes first, but the UCI worded Adam the same time due to UCI gap rulings for his classification <laughs> of event. <laughs> Happy riding. Uh, Aaron, uh, I can't tell you how much I laughed when I read that. You emailed it over. And how frustrated I was that none of us thought of that silly, silly joke. I know. I know. While we it's, were talking about it, I like right as you right as I read it, I was like, "Oh, it was it was sitting there the whole time, and, right and none there. of us yeah. were smart enough to do it." So, good work, <laughs> man. Excellent, excellent work for sure. Uh, all right. What was, what we got? Okay, we got what one from Jeff D- Diefenbach. Ah, uh, gentlemen. Love these. And then he says, "Really, Tim." I'm curious, why do you think the Yates brothers would have much to share about Australian holiday dinners? They are from a country only slightly closer to Australia than Florida is. Keep on potting, <laughs> Jeff. This now, is a good point. This is a theme and, of the messages we got last week. Yeah, we got a few. <laughs> uh, we got some on Twitter. Uh, we got some on Instagram, yep. too. I think people yep. send us messages. Rightfully um, so. Rightfully we, so. Because you know what we did, little guy? Our fatal flaw, our fatal mistake. Yeah. We just like believed what Tim said. We just sort of rolled with it, we and just, <laughs> we didn't think about it. At and, you know, all. I kn- I know, like thinking about it, uh, seeing the first message, I was like, oh, of course, of course, they're they're not Australian. What were we even thinking? But uh, you get on a roll, you start going. It was fun. Yeah. 
uh, imagery. Uh, anytime I get to talk about kangaroos on the Slow Ride podcast, it's a good day. Um, but yeah, Fatal Flaw, believing facts facts from the Slow Ride podcast. Um, we've we've done it to ourselves, little guy. Yeah, I I too. When people started writing in, was like, oh man. How do I knew that that simple one (laughs) slip out of our grasp? It's like we mess up so many things, but why are we messing up the easy things? Sometimes you just got to live in the moment, you know, and and (laughs) the podcast just takes you where it takes you. And sometimes that's to uh, Australian Thanksgiving and magpies. Well, it's too beautiful of an image. That was the problem. It was so good. Once you start painting it in your mind, you want to be there. You're right. You want to believe. If I were a Yates brother, I would change my citizenship right now to to, to partake in such a holiday. Yeah, I mean, if the holiday even exists, why not change your citizenship for it? Uh, okay, a couple more. Oh, there's more. <laughs> oh, good. Uh, Sarah Marsh. Hi, okay. uh, sitting here with a busted ankle. That's too bad. Uh, catching no. up on podcasts and wanted to write in. One, thank you for covering domestic abuse in sports with some delicacy. It's appreciated. I'm sure I'm not the only one, but wanted to say thank you. I'll be reading that article today. For last Very week. welcome. Yeah, not not good, but um, yeah, I'm glad, and I'm glad other sites have been reporting on it because yeah. Two, the water in Slovenia contains some extra minerals and vitamins for sure. <laughs> My family, who live in a small town about 40 uh, m's, I don't know miles, I guess, southwest of uh, come on, you're gonna try to make me pronounce that. Uh, Lib- Libliania, I'm going to say, are some, uh, true like overachiever- <laughs> yeah, are some true overachievers in whatever sport they take up that day. And it's annoying to the point. Well. Uh, number three, I, who am loath to hike, climb the side of a baby alp outside of Kamnik, can provide photo for proof. I made that climb eight years ago today, according to Facebook. That's pretty sweet. And four, uh, let me help because you're killing me. It's phonetically pronounced. <laughs> <laughs> and so you see now, like, uh-huh, uh-huh. uh huh, uh huh. Tade Pogachar. That's how it says phonetically. Tade Tade Pogachar. I hope I did it right. But see, like, you, you, you might have got that, but you've butchered twelve things throughout this yeah, email yeah, yeah, yeah. ahead of that okay. that are probably worse. Yeah. Um, and then it's got a link to the hike, which. I kind of don't want to click on because I bet it's going to be much more it's, beautiful than how yeah. dirty and gross March in Minneapolis looks, and I don't know if I want to know. Um, <laughs> but I will look at it at some point when there's more green here in yeah. Minnesota. Well, there's, I mean, there's definitely something in the water out there, clearly, um, because they, they just keep performing, and it's it's incredible, incredible to see. So um, good to have some confirmation on that rumor. Um, straight from the source. Uh, got uh, one from Douglas Sniper. Uh, long, long time listener, long time writer. It, you know, it's going to be a heater when, when the sniper <laughs> pulls out the old, uh, iPad and starts tippy tapping away on the keys, you know, yeah. you're in for, for some gold. This one's titled act like an international podcast. Uh Oh, <laughs> it's really taking us the task right at the top. Uh Oh, gentlemen. <laughs> Gentlemen, I expect more from the podcast. With an international audience, the three of you should be more knowledgeable about areas of the world other than North America. Talk of mm-hmm. kangaroo butlers serving magpie for Thanksgiving is, well, a bit embarrassing. <laughs> you know? I mean, especially because we got the country wrong. Um, yeah. Then he says, thankfully, I met a guy from Australia once and can help you in this area. Australia is on the opposite of the world, and therefore everything is the opposite of what we know. Instead of Thanksgiving, Australians presumably celebrate Unthanksgiving, a holiday where the Yates brothers would be encouraged to argue, argue about whether Adam was helping bring riders back to Simon's breakaway during the final stage of Perry Nice. Yeah. That Spencer sounds, says they're going to argue. Yeah. So. That sounds reasonable. Uh, yeah. He says, since we are talking about the Yates brothers, here is the real question. If, hypothetically, both Adam and Simon tested positive for banned substances, which one nah, of them would never use the... <laughs> Which one of them could use the was it pronounced chimera chimera triplet excuse? Douglas. Ah, the Tyler Hamilton excuse. Yeah, was it I don't even know how to pronounce it. Tim would have known. See, this is why it'd be good if Tim was here because he oh, knows Tim's, everything Tyler yeah. related. Like, Tim's a super fan. Yeah. Super fan of Tyler. Good point, uh, Doug. I don't 
Yeah, it'll be interesting to see which one of them pulls that excuse first. <laughs> well, they could probably both use it on the other, right? Or is that not how it works? I don't know. I'm not a biologist. Well, slow burn on that one, I guess, little guy. Good love, job. Love well, I'm, reading e- I'm reading emails here, too. Okay, all right. Here, so. Leave me hanging. Oh, no, no. It's good. It's good. I was just, you know, I was trying to, like, pull up the next email. Uh, we got one more email tonight. Okay. All right. From Matt Watts. Oh, okay. Uh, it's about the uh, Eola Cometa kit. He says, how has this jersey not been talked about on the pod? I think it's even better that it's Conador's team. Love it. Royale with cheese. And of course, <laughs> he's referring to the Burger King. Yes. Which was all the rage during Melanson Ramo, especially because there's a big old Burger King logo right on their butt. So if you're right following the, right behind there. him, you're going to be staring at that Burger King logo. Which for me, yeah, it, I don't want to oh. eat Burger King, but if you like Burger King and you're in a 200 plus kilometer breakaway, yeah. you're staring at that Burger King logo. Think about it. You can't quite get back to the team. The team car can't get around the Peloton to come up to, to bring you uh, another goo. Um, yeah. So you're just like, you know, you're on the edge. You're like, oh, man, I really need to be watching my nutrition. And then the, the burger, it's just there gyrating just, in front of yeah, you. It's just, just gyrating. I can see that even though I don't want a Burger King hamburger, if I had to stare at a Burger King logo for a couple hundred K, I would definitely need some French fries. Yeah. Oh, for sure. You, I mean, I'm pretty sure, little guy, that the um, the Burger King must have like the Impossible Burger, or the Beyond, or something I, by now. I think they probably um, do more they so than the old do. hockey puck veggie burgers that everybody used to have. Um, there's <laughs> there's decent stuff out there. I still don't know if if you want to pop in the uh, the Burger King for it, but it, weird things happen after you watch a, a burger twerk at you for five hours. You know. <laughs> Who knows? That's true. So if I was in this situation, I'd probably take them up. Um, when I mentioned fries, it finally it popped back in my brain. We also had on the list uh, to mention uh, Lachlan Morton was doing a huge, oh. huge, huge solo ride um, to raise some money uh, f- uh, f- to help out with Ukraine, to help Ukraine. Um, mm-hmm. Super awesome. The reason I thought of it with fries because I saw a little video of him stopped on the side of the road just eating fries out of a takeout container, basically being like, sweet, I'm glad people are donating. Um, last I saw, they they totally eclipsed the original number. Nice. Um, I think the first number was like 50,000, and it was at 150,000 or something, almost. Amazing. I saw, which is great. It's super amazing. And um, yeah. Uh, Very good. We've, we've said our our love on the pod for uh, weird Lachlan adventures. And especially when they're uh, raising a ton of money for charity, like when he raised money for the uh, mm-hmm. charity last year during the tour, mm-hmm. all the better cycling usually is so much about getting you to buy weird stuff. You don't need like Burger Kings and drone hoppers. <laughs> yeah. I love my drone hoppers. I've got four, four of them. And, uh, uh, I don't know. I even know what any of the other teams sell at this point. I've got my, I've got a, I've got a couple of DSMs here as well. And, um, <laughs> I've got, a um, over in the, in the, um, in the garage, I've got an alpha vinyl, uh, as well. Um, so, <laughs> you got an alpha vinyl. Yeah. Just one, you know, I, can, I didn't want to go too crazy. Um, man, I don't want, I don't want to throw stones, but I mean, we talk about, we've talked about before about, um, how 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 funny it is cycling is it's about cycling and health and people talk about mm-hmm. like oh yeah if everyone just bike you know biking like comedian wise and it's so, so so good for the environment but so much of pro cycling is terrible for the environment like it was mm-hmm. great like michael woods last year was trying to reduce his carbon footprint because it is everyone's flying around and and, and mm-hmm. a million follow cars and um I haven't looked into Premier Tech, but I know Premier Tech does stuff with like peat moss and weird stuff. And and I and I and I heard I read a story, a little thing the other day about how terrible peat moss mining is for the, for the world. And and I was like, uh, my initial thought with everything is like, oh, there's a I think there's a peat moss yeah. related company uh, uh, in cycling. And I was like, oh man, uh, I was just happy that they were like they were just escaping the astonagrass, but uh, uh, it's probably it's probably gonna be bad if I look into it. But 
Yeah, well, we can only do so much, little guy. We 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 can only do so much. But I feel like um, we had one other message. I know you said we were through the emails, but I feel like we had one other one uh, that we got called out on um, that uh, that we should probably bring up. We did. We got <laughs> we got a message because <laughs> last week when we discussed uh, mid south. This is, oh wait, this, I'm sorry, I didn't preface it. Correction corner. Oh. Correction corner. Oh, this um, just in. Okay. We didn't. We <laughs> we talked about Mid South a little bit last week, but uh, yep. we didn't give a shout out to Austin uh, Killips for getting eighth in Mid South in uh, in the women's field, sixty sixth overall, which is a huge ride. And uh, they they, they sent us a message, message. Was like. Divisible yeah. div- goes into 16. What more do I have to do? Which totally is true. Yeah. Yeah. If you're not, Which if is, you're, if you're, uh, not going to get 16th and you are going to get a top 10, I think eighth is the best spot you can, you can do besides, I guess, first, maybe. But, uh, yeah, no, great ride and a great point. Um, you know, we definitely, uh, stand corrected on our, on our, uh, missed opportunity there um to to shout you out so uh, appreciate the the uh, nudge <laughs> yeah uh, i just want to say 17.8 miles an hour pace is we were we were saying in the green room yes that, that is not a pace <laughs> that, that either a, of us feel comfortable considering that's not a friendly pace for me you know <laughs> i was like whoa dang that's fast i gotta do some oh. training yeah, by the time we get to show him again, little guy, I'll I'll be up there. Maybe no, I won't be up there. <laughs> That's a fast pace. Uh, sorry for sorry for missing. <laughs> massive oversight. It was a massive oversight on our part, and we'll take it on the chin. Not a problem. Um, anybody else out there that gets uh, notable results that we've missed, feel free to send us a message via uh, Instagram or the Slow Ride Podcast uh, at the Slow Ride Pod. On, on both those platforms or uh, the slow ride podcast at gmail.com uh, to email us. Um, and uh, I guess with that, I, I will uh, I'll segue into our outro and thank um, BK one for uh, the intro and outro music uh, that we use here in the slow ride pod and, and thank rhyme series entertainment for the use of that. Um, you can always email us. You can always tweet us. We love it. Uh, Tim will be back next week, unfortunately. So we can look forward to that. Um, and, uh, 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 I think that's about it. Tim's normally in Orlando. I am normally and still in Minneapolis. And I am in Holyoke, Massachusetts and reminding you to always wave at all your fellow cyclists that you see out on the road. The Slow Ride Podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod. elegance to bike racing. For all its technology and engineering, it's a simple question of physics. How do you move a body through space as quickly and efficiently as possible? When the rider and the machine work as one, it's almost as if the solid world has melted away and all that remains is the spirit, the pure, raw, and unfiltered soul of sport. Life is measured in many units miles, kilometers, kilos, and pounds. But we measure it one corner at a time. We've entered the golden age of crit racing, the most exciting spectator event in sport, where all of human drama plays out before us on our city streets. On this show, we bring you the news of the day and take you inside the personalities of the teams and riders and right up to the gates of the premier events in the world. Welcome to Criterium Nation.